0: Welcome to The Sleep Sessions. I'm your host, Dara Whitaker. This podcast is a place for women to share their successes and challenges of adapting to life and sleep after a new baby. Whether you're expecting your first or a mother of five, you can listen in weekly to learn, feel supported, and celebrate each other's unique experiences. Hey guys, before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to share with you that I've been working on a really exciting project for the last couple of months and I'm getting ready to launch it. So make sure you're following me on Instagram at at the sleep sessions and stay tuned for more. Today I'm speaking with Candice about coping with anxiety during her pregnancies, a surprise unmedicated birth, feeding on demand, and choosing not to sleep train either of her babies. Hi, Candice. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Can you start by introducing yourself and telling me about your family? Hi there. So, uh, my name is
1: Candace, and I'm married to a guy named Mike. We are both from the Athens, Georgia area. We um, met in 2013, got married in 15, had our first in 17, and our second in 19. Uh, We will not be having another. We're two and through. So 2021 will not have another baby. (laughs) Um, So we actually went to high school together, but we didn't know each other for a long, long time afterwards. So that's pretty much our love story and how we have these two
0: kids. That's awesome. I was, I got married in 2015 too, but it seems like you're on the every other year track. I didn't realize until
1: I started thinking about it. But yeah, every two years, something big is happening. That's awesome. Is there anything listeners should know about either of your birth stories? Well, yeah. So uh, my first child is a boy and my pregnancy with him was super easy. I was super happy during that pregnancy. I went to the gym. I didn't have another child at home to take care of, right? So it was just, you know, me doing my thing. And um, everything went great with that pregnancy. Um, Delivery with him, I didn't have anything to compare it to. But I actually, I went past my due date by two days. I went into labor around 3.30 in the morning. And... I started with contractions, and then my water broke around 9 a.m., went to the hospital at 3 p.m., immediately got an epidural, and I was in so much pain. uh, I had back labor. I was not familiar with back labor. (laughs) I I had back labor, too. (laughs) I thought, you know, you have contractions in your lower abdomen, right? And nobody had ever told me about back labor. So I had this back labor, and I was really going to try to tough it out. I was like, I'm not getting an epidural. I want to go natural. But then I get to the hospital. I immediately request an epidural. They check me. I'm at a four. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I, you know, I'd planned to go longer without the epidural. But here we are. Got the epidural. Labor stalled. Got Pitocin. I ended up having that needle in my back for 18 hours before my son was born. And I pushed for an hour. And then he finally came out. And it was it was pain-free, um, but as far as pain with labor and recovery, I had nothing to compare it to. I thought it went pretty smoothly. So um, then comes my daughter, and the pregnancy with her was different because, you know, I had a son to take care of, so it was harder. Things were just harder the second go round. I didn't make it to the gym. I was more tired um around 20 weeks i realized that i was having so much anxiety about my second pregnancy that i decided to go on medication and for me i think that was the best thing that was the best thing i could have done i i was a better mom and i was just happier all the way around if you don't mind me asking what were you having anxiety about just oh my goodness what did i do why did i think this was a good idea to add another child to the mix. I'm already, you know, high strung with one child. What, am, what did I think was going to happen with a second child? I don't think I can handle this because I predominantly take care of the children. And I knew that I would because my husband works long hours. And I just thought this was just too overwhelming. And, you know, at that point, there's no going back. You can't, you know, you can't un- undo a decision that you made with your husband to have another child. So yeah, I was having a lot of anxiety. And you know, also about um, my firstborn, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to give him the attention that I was, you know, currently giving
0: him. So that's pretty much what I had anxiety about. I can identify with that. I think a lot of women feel that way. And it's, it's hard to imagine being able to spread yourself so thin across, you know, not only one child, but now two. Right. It's, you know,
1: when you have one, it definitely changes your life. But then to have two people you're responsible for, I just didn't know, Uh, you know, and and I'll get into some more anxiety I had when I get to the hospital with my second one. Um, But back to during my pregnancy with my second, which is a girl, um, I actually had a little bit of a scare in that my placenta was too close to the uterine opening. And so it wasn't really a big deal. You're just looking at a C-section, right? People recover from that just fine. But around 30 weeks, which they did regular ultrasounds, um, they, we figured out, oh, it moved out of the way. So that was good. So with my delivery with her, that was a whirlwind. It, um, my due date came and went. So I was 40 weeks. She ended up coming, went four days late. But my labor was completely different with her. I was expecting a labor like my first, and I didn't get that. So with her, my water broke around 1230 a.m. At 6 a.m., my midwife called me and said, are you having contractions? I said, no. She said, well, I want you to go to the hospital at 8 to 9 because we got to get this labor going. So go to the hospital at 8. I get my Pitocin at 10, around 1230, uh, my contractions had gotten so bad that I requested they stop the Pitocin. I don't know if that was logical, but that's what I requested. And at that point, I also requested an epidural, close to one. And so she checked me. And again, I'm at a four. And I really, this time I was like, I'm I'm going to go. Epidural free. This is gonna be all natural. I can do it this time. I know what to expect. And then again, I'm at a four and I request an epidural. Well, by the time they come in with the epidural at 1:30, they poke me three times. By 140 it's finished. The nurse is like, It'll be about 20 minutes before the epidural kicks in. I said, Okay, all right. So I'm, you know, having fun with my contractions, which at this point are lasting for a minute. Every minute and a half, 20 minutes comes and it goes. So now we're at 2 p.m. She's like, you feeling any better? I said, no, I'm not. I don't feel anything. My epidural failed. And I said, I am feeling this incredible desire to push. And she said, well, Candace, please let me check you. And I said, okay. And she checks. And then she just calmly picks up the phone and she calls the midwife. And she says, you need to get in here right now because it's time to go.
0: And wow.
1: so, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like starting to panic now, right? Because now it's getting real. And uh, she comes in and I, you know, it's all a blur. But I had to have only pushed maybe three times before that baby was out. I mean, I don't even think she was fully gowned and gloved up, ready to get this baby before I pushed the baby out. And so now I can compare the two deliveries because although I was in so much pain in the second delivery, it was much better experience.
0: Yeah. And uh, you got your wish of being able to do it natural.
1: Yeah. And it was unplanned, right? My husband, actually, he made this joke. He was like, but you didn't mean for it to be natural. So it doesn't count. I was like, oh, <sighs> I feel pretty confident that that counts. That yeah. Tell him to counts. try it
0: next time.
1: Yeah. So uh, as far as the two recoveries go, I actually learned that my first was harder. And I think it had a lot to do with the epidural. You know, the epidural being in your back for 18 hours, it, it's just, it was actually a much harder recovery in that sense than having it natural.
0: Was your body just more like sore or what was, what was different? It just, yeah. I mean,
1: like I was laid up in the hospital bed for so long. I was so tired after labor with my son because they can't sleep. They come in every five seconds to check something or take your blood pressure. So you don't get to sleep. So having the baby fast was a much better idea for me <laughs> than a yeah. long drawn out delivery with an epidural.
0: You can only hope it would be that way, right? <laughs>
1: yes. I mean, you know, you can't really plan those things, but. Right. Um, So yeah, so those are my two, uh, those are my two labors and deliveries and pregnancies.
0: I love that you have the two different experiences to compare. How was it when you brought both of your kids home? Did were those experiences different too?
1: They were a lot different. So my son, which was my firstborn, he came home and I'm a new mom. I don't know anything about being a mom. My world has been rocked and flipped upside down. I am, I had never changed a diaper before. Um, so I literally had zero child exper- baby experience. Now I like kids, but you know, when they can walk and talk and stuff. So he, he, he totally just changed my world, but sleeping, i My sleeping arrangement for him was I had a pack and play with the bassinet level and it would, it sat in the living room, which is right outside of our bedroom. And then I also had a rock and play back before they were recalled that was beside the bed. Well, I learned pretty early on that he did not want to be swaddled and he did not take to the rock and play. And so I had quite a few sleepless nights because all he wanted, he wouldn't even sleep. So my husband one night took him out of the bedroom and then he came back without him. And I was like, well, where's the baby? He said, I put him in the pack and play. I said, he's sleeping. He said, yeah, I put him on his stomach. I said, Oh Oh my God. I know. I was like, no, 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 no. You can't do that because back is best. He goes, well, back may be best, but he's sleeping on his stomach right now. And so I was like, well, okay. So I, I watched him all night, either beside the bassin, beside the pack and play, or on the video monitor. He slept very well. And so I was like, well, maybe he needs to sleep on his stomach. You know, I talked to my mom. And, you know, back when we were younger, that's what they actually suggested you do. Right. And so so that happened. But all at the same time, with him breastfeeding I listened to what they told me at the hospital, and what they tell you is that babies eat about every three hours. So I literally thought, this baby, he's only going to be hungry every three hours, and then he's going to eat enough, and he's going to fill up, and that'll be that. And that's not how newborns are. He would cry for, you know, probably because he was hungry, but also because he was a newborn, and... I I let people get into my head because they kept acting like he was hungry and that me as a mother, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and feeding him enough. So my body is not producing enough milk for this baby. So I allowed myself to um, give him formula. And when I did that, then, you know, things got easier in a sense that, I was not in pain, breastfeeding. And whoever said that breastfeeding is supposed to be painless, they're wrong. (laughs) And maybe at some point it's supposed to be painless, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that with both babies, I was in, you know, some pain and discomfort because that's not a normal feeling right there to have a baby doing that. They don't know what Mm -hmm. they're doing. You don't know what you're doing. So I think that's a big misconception. People think it's supposed to be painless. It's not painless until, you know, they're like, several, several weeks old. Um, so yeah, no, I gave him formula and it was easier in one sense, but it was harder in another because it wasn't always just right there and available. So, um, but I learned with my daughter that, you know, feeding on demand is what worked out better for us and it worked out better for her. And actually we just today are donating our first 200 ounces to another baby in need.
0: Oh my so, gosh. Amazing.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty that's pretty because that's what I always wanted to do. So were you able to breastfeed with her? Yes. Um I had already decided that I was gonna feed on demand. So that's exactly what I did. Anytime she cried, fussed, complained, couldn't sleep, doesn't matter. I just put her on put her on the boob and she's that's just how we've been Going since she was born. My sleeping arrangement for her was a bassinet right beside our bed. I did not want to sleep with her in the bed with me because I I fear that I'm going to get into too deep of a sleep and roll on her. I think that's what most mothers' fears are. But I had the bassinet beside the bed. She didn't want to be swaddled. And unlike my son, she did not sleep on her stomach. She immediately slept on her back. So I said, yes, finally back is best. I got, you know, now I can, now I can say that I've done that with one of my babies. So what we do with her, and this is basically what I've done since the second night she came home the first night, I didn't really know what I was doing. The second night I put her in the bassinet. She starts to fuss. I get her out. I nurse her in our bed after I change a diaper, put her back in the bassinet and then she'll sleep for another couple hours. And that's pretty well what we've done every single night since she's come home from the hospital.
0: Good. Are you get, are you able to get some longer stretches now or are you still kind of around that again, three or four hour mark?
1: Oh yeah. Well, no, I am. (laughs) I'm blessed in that I get adequate sleep every night, but it is all broken up. She just decided a couple of weeks ago, she was going to wake up every hour and want to nurse and her nursing sessions are really short though. So you know what, I am not going to complain and I'm not even going to try to sleep train because I'm comfortable doing this. It's not a burden. She doesn't wake my husband up. So it's, it's really not a big deal uh, for us to continue on this path. That being said, I do plan to move her to her own room around, you know, a, it, it just depends. I don't know when I'd move her, but right now this is what's working for us. And that's something I would like to say is you have to do what works for you. You can't listen to what worked for somebody else and try to implement it. It's all about what works for you. And if it works for you, that's really all that matters.
0: Totally. It's about understanding, you know, what the different options are and then making the best decision for you and your family.
1: Absolutely right. And, you know, I've heard this and I've said this before, but comparison is the thief of joy. You can't look at your friend who had a baby and their experience went this way well yours might not go that way and that's okay your experience is your own and you need to do what works exactly for you and your family it's not going to be easy I have a friend who she's had three children and all of them seem from my perspective seem to be a walk in the park but that I've done things completely different than she's done them and you know now I got to have my walk in the park baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) you got lucky that's right. I've I've been very very blessed with that. Good. You mentioned back with your daughter's pregnancy that you were feeling anxiety about, you know, being a mother of two and having two kids to manage. How was it for you mentally when you brought your daughter home? Were you were you still feeling that anxiety or did that kind of go away? I for me,
1: being on medication has made the transition to having two kids a lot easier in one sense. But I did have some, I could tell I was having some problems adjusting with the two kids. Cause I felt enormous guilt for my son. I felt, you know, it wasn't just me and him anymore. Now I've added a little baby to the mix. I can't just go play with him cause I've got to nurse this baby and he doesn't understand. He, he didn't understand, but you know, the good thing about kids are they're resilient and they, I, I had to back up a little bit. I had just all this guilt for him. Like my, I would cry just, and you know, that's hormones is what that is, but I would just cry thinking about how, how sad he must be, but he wasn't sad. Kids are resilient. They, they move on and he probably thought, well, this is different, but he's, he's, this been a couple months now and he's moved forward he has no he doesn't remember a life when it was just me and him anymore right now it's just me him and sister
0: and though that time that you did have together just the two of you like those were important bonding moments and you have that bond now and so it's okay if your attention isn't 100 percent on him anymore
1: yeah I hope that he feels that way. But you know, as a, any, any mother feels this, but you want to do right by your children. Totally. When you add a second one in there, you fear that your first one is going to miss out. But if you're worried about that, you're obviously a good mom because good moms worry about those kinds of things.
0: Yes, there's this saying that says if you're worried about being a good mom, that means you are one. Absolutely right. Where are you guys now in your journey? How's your son doing? He's
1: great. He is a uh, this is a sleep sessions, right? So we'll talk about his sleep. He's a wonderful sleeper. He might not sleep as long as um, other kids, but he very rarely wakes up at night. He's still in a crib. He's almost three. I'm not going to take him out until he wants to be taken out of the crib or if he (laughs) throws it Although I have thought about changing it soon, but you know, he, he does great. He's adjusted well. He loves his sister. He's never shown any aggression towards her. First thing he asks about when he wakes up is his sister. And that, that comfort knowing that you've done it right. You did something right. You've, you've added a member to your family and it's worked out great. And you know, every time she sees him, she smiles and he says, sister's smiling at me. And it just warms your heart. And then you realize that this is what I did it for. That, that, that is right so there. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I've, that's why I've done all this. I, I made the right decision. That right there tells you that
0: you made the right decision, that you're doing something right. It's reassuring. Hmm. Good. Well, do you have any tips or any resources other than the ones you mentioned that you wanted to share? You know, the resources are out there. You just kind of
1: have to search for them. And I can, you know, say what what I responded well to. But, you know, some pe- people refer to you to podcasts and they don't, they just don't jive with you. So you've got to find what works for you. But the information is out there. I would say Facebook is a really good resource. You've got the Baby Center and What to Expect apps that were really good resources for me. Um, you got what Kelly's mom is a good resource. Um, you've got a bunch of different podcasts and even YouTube videos. There's a ton of moms on YouTube that share their experiences. You got a question, you can just go out there and you can find the answer, so you can find something that makes you feel better about what you're experiencing. And another thing I would like to mention about Athens is that I've been very I'm very grateful to be in this area because it's very pro-children. It's pro-breastfeeding. It's pro-midwives. It's, we're very educated in this area about that. And I've learned that not all areas are. And if you are not surrounded by people who are really educated about this, you have to go out and find
0: it. Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at, at @the_sleep_sessions.